Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. Good day, bed crimers. A very happy Sunday to you all. I want to begin this video with a quote by award-winning author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. It reads, By far, the worst thing we do to males by making them feel they have to be hard is that we leave them with very fragile egos. End quote. I stumbled on a white paper about the connection between something called toxic masculinity, and rejection violence. This paper popped up during one of my Google searches as I was trying to understand what could have led suspect Brian Koberger to allegedly take the lives of the four University of Idaho students, Zana Cornado, Maddie Mogan, Kaylee Gonsalves, and Ethan Chapin. Let me say once again from the get-go that Koberger is presumed innocent, but again, he is the Moscow police's one and only suspect. You may recall that early on, experts described this crime in Moscow as one fueled by rage, and everyone was speculating on what could have led someone to suddenly explode with this level of violence. The perpetrator's choice of a sharp object made it brutally clear that this was a very personal, very intimate attack perpetuated by someone who was enraged. It wasn't necessarily the work of someone who just wanted to experience committing a crime. Rather, it seemed to be the work of someone who felt extreme anger at at least one of the female victims, possibly more. The white paper I found discussed some men's violent reactions to romantic and or sexual rejection. The paper shared documented cases in which men used a variety of violent acts to punish females who they felt had rejected them. Some of these guys used a sharp object, like the one that fits in the leather K-bar sheath. I'm trying hard here not to say the words that YouTube frowns upon, hence my roundabout wording. There were also documented incidents of men inflicting violence on women using other types of weapons. Some did it also through gang essay. I can't say the four-letter R word, so I'm saying essay instead. In some cases, men used their strength to snap females' spinal cords. Others threw acid in females' faces to disfigure them. All just horrible, cruel acts. Just so we're clear, according to researchers, the expression toxic masculinity refers to a set of behaviors and beliefs subscribed to by some boys and men that include the following. 1. Suppressing their emotions and masking distress. 2. Maintaining an appearance of hardness and toughness. And 3. 
viewing violence as an indicator of power. Think tough guy. In other words, toxic masculinity is what can come when males are taught either in their families, by peers, or by society as a whole that they can't openly express emotions. They must be tough at all times, and they cannot say or do anything that makes them seem feminine, weak, or vulnerable. These messages are conveyed to boys and men when they hear things like, big boys don't cry, man up, don't be a wimp. According to the American Psychological Association, these cultural lessons have been linked to aggression and violence, and they can be harmful to men's mental health and can have serious consequences for society. In the white paper, the author argued that toxic masculinity is a primary contributor to something called rejection violence. The argument was that when a male who has been raised in a culture of toxic masculinity finds himself romantically and or sexually rejected by a female, the rejection can induce feelings of shame in that male and the rejection can even feel threatening to his sense of male dominance. Per the paper, some of these males may use rejection violence as a means of redeeming their feelings of diminished manhood. The paper said, and I quote, Toxic masculinity encourages men to react to sexual or romantic rejection with violence as a means of reclaiming their place as a real man, end quote. And according to the American Psychological Association, when a man conforms to toxic masculinity, even a typical interaction can escalate to violence when that man feels threatened or disrespected and has no other coping strategies and or tools to alleviate his anger about this situation. Here are some of the details we've learned about suspect Brian Koberger that lead me to believe he may have been inculcated with the ideals of toxic masculinity. One, we heard from his classmate Ben Roberts at Washington State University that Koberger pushed back when females were talking during class discussions more than when males were talking. Roberts said that this happened so often that he clearly saw this pattern. 2. Another master's student at WSU stated that Koberger declared himself someone who believed in traditional marriage and would talk down to LGBTQ plus individuals. That belief in strictly traditional marriage to me feels like it could be linked to Koberger's views on the roles of men versus women in life and in marriage. Is that somehow linked to toxic masculinity? I think it could be in some men. Three, Koberger's neighbor, who had been in the military, said that Brian often asked him questions about his service and seemed to really admire that about him. This same guy said that Koberger asked him whether he'd be able to do someone in as a member of the military. Koberger seemed to view military men with great admiration 
And I think part of that had to do with his perception of these guys as being strong and able to take other people's lives. Four, from what Koberger's neighbors in Pullman, Washington have said, it sounds like he was only chatty and friendly with his male neighbor and had little warmth or very few kind salutations for the females. The one lady who lived downstairs and had very young children made it sound like she may have felt intimidated by Koberger's presence because she opted not to confront him about the loud noises he made at night when she wanted to keep her babies asleep. In high school, this is number five, Brian took a law enforcement class in which the students trained physically for a potential career in law enforcement or the military. And Koberger, in his yearbook from 2011, had this written next to his photo, wants to use his skills to become Army Rangers someday. I would argue that Army Rangers have been traditionally viewed as tough, strong males who can hold their own in a battle. Koberger seems to very much admire soldiers, military men. This may hint at the type of male Brian Koberger aspired to be. Six. I'm going to add that the female students at the University of Idaho who found themselves being stared at by Koberger, allegedly, in the student union and felt so uncomfortable that they had to go outside to eat. I would argue that a guy who stares at a female without a warm expression and without breaking that stare for an extended period is trying to exert some degree of dominance and aggression over those females. And any woman who's ever experienced an uncomfortably long, cold stare from a male stranger knows what a chill can send up your spine. It's one of those situations where the hair on your arms stands up and you sense danger and you feel the need to get away from that stranger. And I'm going to speculate further now and say that if Koberger did somehow learn that he needed to suppress emotions that might make him look less than a strong, macho man, perhaps his reaching for illicit substances in high school was a way to numb the pain of these suppressed emotions. We know that addiction is often the result of a person trying to self-medicate away emotional and physical pain. And by the way, the incels or involuntary celibates that many experts have mentioned in relationship to this crime are, from what I've read, a subset of males who conform to the ideologies of toxic masculinity. I believe Brian Koberger's violent rage if he is found to be the perpetrator of this crime, was fueled by rejection he felt, whether real or perceived, from the one female victim inside 1122 King Road, who he repeatedly direct messaged on Instagram, and whose photos the investigators say he had on his phone. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories. Hey, if this video makes you think intrigued you in any way, please smash that like button. Please subscribe to my channel.
please leave me a comment and please consider a membership. And I will see you soon on Bed Crime Stories.